I, I love these readings, and I particularly like the Genesis reading because that was the first public sermon I ever gave, and, and that's on video. I can't even watch it. I was so nervous. A little bit, a little bit how I am my first few weeks here. And in those days, everything was very serious because you're in seminary, and of course your professors show up for the service to hear you, so you're like, oh my goodness. But the one thing I remember very vividly about Genesis is that Luther says this original sin goes like this. We didn't trust what God had to say, and we are caught with that for the rest of our lives and for all eternity until God takes us to himself. And two, we always blame the other person. She did it. She made me do it. I'm not to blame. I didn't think it through. I just trusted her and not you. That's what Luther says about Genesis. It's kind of familiar, isn't it? It's very hard to own up. But Lent is a special time. It's the time that we begin to look at ourselves for the true self that we really are, both in a loving way and in an evaluative way, where we begin to see who we really are, and we kind of pay a little bit closer attention. Lent, Lent is a special time that we set aside to turn with a greater focus to God. It's a good thing we do this once a year because life has a way of drawing us away from our deeper life, our truer face, as it were, from the joy of walking with God. Forty days of Lent, just as the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness to learn and grow in intimacy with the Lord, just as Moses spent 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai to receive the word of God, the sacred tablets of the covenant. All sacred times of closeness to God are also times that involve temptation. Some people would say, and when you're getting closer to God, beware of the tempter, and it comes in very subtle, subtle ways. It won't be uh, something glaring that you can recognize. Because the tempter comes in our life by moving us away from God. Some people say, well, the devil calls the death, early death of someone or something happened that's awful. And I think that's a righteous thing to say. But the more subtle way that Satan draws us away from God is through our daily life in very small ways, in ways that just kind of eat away from our attention to prayer and our attention to the word of God, very subtle ways. These sacred times that we become closer to God as through Lent give us a time to sit and say, where have I been for the rest of the whole year? I haven't really thought that much except for Sunday mornings about God. Now, I'm an older person like many of you are here today, and I can say that I was blessed to start thinking about God in my 50s. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I thought about God when I was young, but not in the way that I do now. Because as the years go along, I begin to realize how sacred it is to have faith. What a great gift it is to us, as Romans say. What a great gift. I'm going to share a story about a, a man named Andrew. And he, and this is when I was in Bethesda, Maryland, he had been the captain of police there. And he was a marvelous, marvelous man. And Andrew got sick. 
and he was in the hospital and he was dying. And I went to see him and he was, I think he died at about 79 years old. And I went to see him. And when we were, I brought Eucharist. And his wife said to me, he really doesn't talk anymore. And he really doesn't remember much anymore. And I said, okay, you know, this is what we're dealing with. And as we went through a process of some prayer, I started to say the Lord's Prayer. And Andrew looked up and began to say it verbatim without a word missed. And it really brought tears to the eyes of his children that were in the room because he hadn't spoken in days. And then as he took, I had saturated a, a wafer in the wine, and as he took it and he put it on his tongue, he said, oh, the joy. That will stay with me for the rest of my life because I realized at that moment all the things that tempt us in life are just things, are things that come and go, they pass away. But the joy of the Lord is with us forever. It is our peace. It is our joy. It is our wisdom. It is the care of others. It's the smile that comes to our face when we know that we are worthy. We no longer are tested. We begin to understand with rock-solid faith that God is with us always. God has given us another tree of life, the tree of life that the cross stands for, through which we really become acquainted with God in the flesh. We become acquainted with the life and death of Christ. We can hold on to that for a lifetime and find peace in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. We are made for God. I will repeat that many times. We are made in our DNA to search for God. The creation all around us are pointers. Beauty is a pointer. Love is a pointer. Being with someone in a time of sorrow and need is a pointer. The whole story of salvation is God's faithfulness to us. God has completed it in Jesus Christ. I once had a professor, Bob Smith, and he said to me, as I was walking out, he died of leukemia, and he knew he found it. He said, what can you say? Hey, Ruby, what do you think? What could you say about this one? And I said, there's nothing more to say. Christ has done it. He said, right, right answer. There's nothing more we can add to what God has done for us but to trust. To trust, and as Luther said, that is the most difficult thing. We all become anxious. We all become afraid. We all suffer that horrible, sorrowful feeling when we lose control of our life. We are tested against that fear and that distrust. That's our test. We pass it when we simply know, I can do no more, for Christ has done it all. 
our nourishment in our life is turning to God. A nourishment that fills you up. We're going to have that in our nice communion song today that Betty gave us. It's, it's a beautiful thing to understand intellectually, but it's another thing to understand in your heart that when you receive the communion, that you can say, oh, joy, what a joy. We get to share the beauty and the power of God in our lives this morning. This, this beautiful Lenten season, we will talk more and more about having God come closer to us and us closer to God. We will reveal the secret of the, the messianic secret of the passion of Christ on that Easter Sunday. The word of God is enough. The word of God is enough to try to trust, to let ourselves be open to trust in God's purpose for us. We can become cut off from God, so to speak. God is never caught up from us. But when we spend our lives worrying about all the things that will come to pass, we can simply become further and further away from the word of God. There is a, a thing going on now in the world for Christianity, and I believe, as Phyllis Tickle said, that it, this is a, a new time, a new crisis that God will show God's self in. 20,000 people since 2000, 20 million people since 2007 have moved away from churches. 20 million people, imagine that. The Pew says that will continue because we are affluent, especially in the affluent European countries and in our country, we have lots of things. We have stuff. As it were, we, we can control our daily destinies. But it'll come a time when each one of us will not be able to control our destiny. And then we can turn to God with all our heart. Let us Feast this Lent on the word of God. Amen.